You Can't Sit With Me, hosted by Deanna Espear. Dana Cathan. Hello. <laughs> From Vanderpump Rules, eat the mic. Oh, I'm eating the mic. You're babe. eating the I'm mic. I'm eating the mic. She's be, eating the mic. Be a mic hole. The mic. So I have to introduce new cast member from Vanderpump Rules, Dana Cathan. <laughs> Which is what she named me. When did you name me that? Like I a claimed I'm pretty you sure as a Jew. The, I'm pretty sure beca- like the first night we met, I'm like, oh, I love Jews. I would love to join. Yeah. I feel like you're part of the tribe because you're so like Jewish mom vibes. And that's because my mom gave Jewish mom vibes. So it was like, it's just like a whole thing. And I, I love the entire like Jewish culture and like... I don't identify with any organized religion, but if I did, it would definitely be with the Jewish people. How amazing it is because I oh, got Jew them. vibes from you and I really warmed up to you the minute I met you. <laughs> didn't even fucking you know You don't they- warm up to many people quickly, I feel like. No. You feel like you've told me that. Yeah. I have like a problem. Like, you know, most people, they like everyone until they prove them to be assholes. Yeah. I just don't like anyone until I'm proven that they're good people. Well, you told me that and you gave me a vibe and I was like, challenge fucking accepted Ew. because you're going to love me. So. I actually do. It really sucks. You know, I admire you and like love you so much as a person that I was afraid to ask you to come on my show because I was like, I'm, I'm, I just want to be friends with this person and I don't want to like ruin a friendship by mixing like business and friendship. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. No, I was like really afraid to ask you to come on. No, it was the weirdest thing when she asked me and was so, had so much trepidation. I was like, you're so fucking weird. Like we're friends. Of course I'm going to come on the podcast. Cause I met, I met Deanna like before. I don't I think we had just started filming or like through a mutual friend and just like loved her. And then we go to the same Pilates studio and yeah. I just like, we've just like maintained this friendship through craziness in LA, which is sometimes hard to do. Yeah. I was like, bitch, I'm coming on your podcast. But when I met you, you were just so genuine and I'm so fucking happy that it, you know, showed on TV as well. And I was like, thank God, because now I don't actually have to pitch about her. On my <laughs> I feel like that's, that's my favorite thing that people have said about me so far is that I'm down to earth and genuine because I am. And I do feel like that's depicted on the show and it's, it's just yourself. Like, you know, when I watch other people, I see them differently in real life. And when I watch you, it's just you, which I really love. So the the thing is, I, I, it's funny when people like come up to me at Tom, Tom or sir, and they're like, I love your character on the show. And I'm like, I'm not playing a character. I'm not an actress. And also like, I, I wish I could be any other way, but I can, I can only be myself to a fault. Like I just know how to be one way. I don't change. I don't give a fuck where I am. I don't give a fuck who's around me. I am who I am, who I am. And I will die that way. It's just, it shows. And I'm very I feel set like in my ways, you know, th- this is super irrelevant in the grand scheme of things, but you know, as a Bravo personality now you are growing. So like, I've never seen this happen before with like newbies, because when you told me originally that you were shooting and that you were taping and you were part of the show, I was like, Oh, she's going to be a newbie. She's going to be maybe one episode. Like no one's really going to care. Still loved you, but <laughs> it's very surprising that a new cast member is just being integrated so seamlessly and just friends with everyone. I don't know. It's, 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 it's unusual in Bravo. I don't know. I don't have much to compare it to. It's, I like sometimes I feel like I'm not really that much in the mix and like even just from like I feel like Instagram is so stupid I fucking hate that Instagram is such a real commodity in our culture but yeah to me like when I look at like where my following's at and like I've definitely grown a lot in the last few weeks but I'm like I don't I don't know how to gauge that for where everyone else was when they started on the show and like how did that look for them you know it's definitely more like if you think about it you know, I um, recap Summer House, which is another Bravo show that I actually really love Summer House. I think it's I've a never, great show. I've only seen a couple episodes, but I heard it's, it's really, really I heard it's really cute and fun. I need to watch it's it. It's so fun. Like, I love watching it. It's like my guilty pleasure. I love watching these shows. And 
the people have been on it for like four four years now and they're like 100, 200K max. Not that I want to put a number on those things, but you are, you know, for a newbie on a show where people are previously loved for many seasons, you are growing exceptionally fast, which is... <gasps> Thank you, Dina. No, it's, it's the truth. I feel like you have the pulse on that shit, so... I do, and I have to, and it kind of sucks because I wish I d- it didn't have You're to so, be... You're so like curated and cool. Like, I'm such a mess. All the, like, she, by the way, she just, we, like, I toured her apartment. She showed me her room because I've actually never been here. And she's like, oh, it's a mess. And her, like, bedspread is pulled down. That's the mess in the room. <laughs> if you saw my room right now, like, I like to do these, like, quick Instagram stories of my messy room. And, like, I have, I always have stains on my clothes. And, like, what, like I am such a trash heap when I go out in public. And, like, so I'll, like, just, I, I, like, used to, like, try to clean up my room really quick to, like, do a story. But I'm like, literally, fuck this. This is who I am. I'm such a fucking slob. No, but you don't You know. should see my, my room is... You can't even step on the floor right now because I have so many clothes. But you're all over busier the place. than I am. Like if I were as busy as you are, my house would be a fucking crack den. Like you don't understand. And also I curate everything. So I will like groom my dog, get like a cool phone case, get get like cool interior design and buy myself nice clothes. And then I don't fucking wear them and I'm wearing the same exact leggings every fucking day. <laughs> I bought a contour kit. I've never fucking used it. Like I don't. I, I well, don't. Okay. So like pet mom life, like this morning, my priority was because I have insomnia and I never sleep. And so like in addition to to working at two jobs, Tom Tom and Sir, which is really draining and it's a lot of work and it's nightlife. And then all the other things that go on with the show with like press and filming and shit we have to do. I'm like, sleep is not a priority and it never happens. So like when I get up, I'm always exhausted. And like, I got up this morning and I was like, I have to fucking change Leo's litter box before I leave today and get him new water and feed him and like settle him for the day. And so like, I was literally cleaning poop right before I came here. That's what I was doing this morning. I mean, I could be in my most glamorous, you know, out, um, going out outfit. And my dog has fucking long hair. So when she has diarrhea, I have to clean that shit and mm-hmm. I'll do it in my party dress. Sorry, I said diarrhea on a podcast, like big deal, get over it. Um, before we get into the actual questions, because I have so many questions for you, I always do tip of the week. So there you go. I never told anybody that because I'm such a good friend. Oh. <laughs> I am so fucking curated. I was going to talk about it, but okay. My tip of the week, and this is not the sponsor of this podcast. This is me having been, you know, a thirsty bitch of Instagram, clicking on an ad and purchasing it myself. I'm obsessed with my Billy Razor. Do you say shaver in America or razor? I say shaver, but... Okay, shaver, because... Uh, I love... Oh my God, she just put a little American. That was such a James Kennedy moment of like trying to put an American No, but I, I feel like so I'm funny. better at him than... I literally hate you. <laughs> You're pretty good. I, his are just like so comical to me, but you know, that was good. He's literally hilarious to watch and I feel for him. Prayers go to James Kennedy. So my Billy shaver... Razor, shaver, shaver. Shaver. Um, so I love it because I'm not a super... Luna, leave her alone. My dog is obsessed with you. And like, you're not as obsessed with her. And like, I feel you. No, I love her. She's but clingy I'm, as fuck. She's, it, well, if she just like sat next to me and I could pet her. No, she but doesn't she's just take... Like, she's like needy. She's ugh. needy. She's a needy one. You, you're Leo's annoying. my kitty is needy too. So I get it. But This is how like, she's just so fucking needy for love. She's slutty. She's flirty. She's fun. She's whatever. <laughs> anyway, so I love it because it's so much cheaper than the other ones that you would buy, for example, at CVS or whatever. It's like only $9 and they ship you. It's like a subscription. And I only get mine every three months because of the lack of hair. But it's just the exact amount of blades that I need for the amount of hair that I have. And they have this lotion. It just makes it super smooth and it kind of exfoliates your legs and it makes my legs look really airbrushed and lovely and I just like it and it's my tip of the week and it's not sponsored so I'm such like a mother Teresa and I just love promoting people that I actually love anyway 
Well, that makes you real and people believe you because they're yeah. like, I love this thing. And you're like, you don't fucking use that. No. Um, so my tip of the week, I feel like it's like when someone's like, so tell me about yourself and then you forget who you are. So I probably, I have little like knickknack things I use, but something I've been using for the past few weeks that I'm pretty obsessed with. I, I love Glossier in general. I use a lot of their products, big Glossier stand, and they, um, came out not that long ago with a serum called, um, future Dew. Okay. It's a serum oil hybrid. So I love dewy skin. We all do. It's important. I think that's like so good in the anti-aging process as well as like sunscreen and everything. But I think there's a fine line between looking dewy and looking greasy. And it's like, I'm, I already have pretty oily skin. So I'm like always balancing that, but I've been putting it on. And like, especially when I don't have makeup on, like when I put it on at night, it just like feels really good and it sinks into your skin. Yeah. And I've been putting it on under my foundation. Okay. So like then I put makeup on and like take away some of the dewiness, but it's on under there and it still like feels like my skin's constantly being moisturized. And I feel like I've gotten a lot of compliments lately on like not today because I'm truly breaking out. But no, you actually have like amazing skin in real life. Like you're not wearing any makeup right now. Your skin is just like gloss. So I, so sunscreen, 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 and yeah. then future do lately. So. This is such a good tip. And I actually love Glossier. Like I uh, use the the milk jelly cleanser. That's what I use. Yeah. It's a really good one. I, I have actually one of their lipsticks in my bag, like the click, clicky, clicky lipsticks mm-hmm. things. I really like those. They're a really great brand. Well, I can't and, complain. And it's a female started or and owned organization, Emily Weiss. So yeah. I just, there's so many things behind it. And I just, I think the packaging is really beautiful. Actually, if Glossier were a person, it would be you because it, to me, like you look at it and it's all like pink and makes sense together. And I, it doesn't make sense in my like gross bathroom with like my smudges and my other shit, but like my open cap fucking toothpaste, but <laughs> you are more of like a Glossier girl. You're so fucking sweet. But about this, cause we talked about Instagram for my Instagram is so like the highlight reel, like the filtered version of me. And like, yeah, maybe I'm real on my stories and I share my opinions and my captions and like the real me, but I do filter that shit. Like I'm, it's very hard for me to be vulnerable on Instagram. Cause I feel like it's such a fluffy platform that I find it extremely hard to be, I find it easier to be real and be myself on my podcast. So I say that, well, at least who I want to be in the world, it, I call it the anti-influencer. Yeah. Because I, I do think that I have a lot of respect for influencers, especially people who have, like yourself, like organically built a following and have put a lot of work into it. I, I get that. But at the same time, I do think it puts so much pressure on everyone when you see these curated perfect people with perfect bodies and they're face tuning and they're filtering and they, and I, I face tune, I filter, yeah. but like th- th- I also own it and like, like to be real about where I'm at and like that, yeah. like, yeah, here's a hot picture of me, but here's my fucking messy apartment that no man would ever want to sleep at. And yeah. here's me doing this cool thing, but then here's my breakout this week. Like yeah. I, I just try to strike a balance and like, I, yeah. I am such an advocate for mental health awareness and mental health issues. I've talked about that a lot, but mm-hmm. I think that that honestly, it's so toxic for people. And it's, it, I think people's brains are warped in this day and age, because when you're constantly exposed to like, God, how do I be that perfect all the time? Like, yeah, let's just talk about it. Like I'm, you know, I'm having a down week. So here's, here's my thoughts. Here's a post on how yeah. I was, you know, really suicidal at one point in my life. And I've like really worked hard to overcome that and like, had, right. you know, all these other things. So for me, I just really put it all out there. But like I've said on the show, like I'm or I think it was a podcast. I'm emotionally slutty. So I'm just really like... But I love that about you because I'm incapable of being emotionally slutty. But that said, you know, with regards to to, to the Instagram, so I don't really face tune and I'm not someone who like puts on an outfit just for Instagram or, you know, I'm not myself on Instagram. I just put like a preset that just makes it all look cohesive. But I meant more in the sense that it's so hard for me to share 
vulnerable opinions more than like the actual because I've done makeup free photos like I'm not really bothered about my physical appearance all that much I'm not even a fashion blogger I just like post about my life in LA but it's so hard for me like you know the way but that- I feel like just existing in LA is curated like I went to I went to creation after Pilates last week and got, Everyone's doing got, got a got a smoothie because I w- I asked my friend because I didn't know where you get like a meal replacement smoothie because I was like I need to get back on track I've been eating honestly Jack in the Box every night after work yeah and I went there and I was like what is this like Willy Wonka in the Chocolate Factory like I didn't I'd never been in it and I was like what the fuck is this there's like like the most trendy people I've ever seen in my life like posing with their smoothies and this is going on and I'm like what world do we live in right LA. now. LA. This leads me to, you know, I wanted to talk about how not only are you real on your social media, but you also came out as bisexual on reality TV, which is what I was getting at because I can't even face like my my past and some things about me that are hard for me to express. And you, you told me that you were nervous about expressing this on television. So I kind of want to know why you decided to do it, what inspired, because you said you were worried, which I think you had nothing to worry about, but you're so vulnerable on TV and I just don't understand how you cope with it. So at the time when I first started filming, there were no guarantees. So when, when I came out, I, it was a post I did on social media. It wasn't like, I didn't go into a confessional and like have this like fake conversation with someone where I like worked it into a conversation. So I don't really like, yes, I did talk about it on the show after cause they, they're like, we'd like to include this. Can we talk? Are you comfortable talking about it? But like, it wasn't my goal to do it just because I was on TV. Mm -hmm. I had lived in LA for almost a year at that time. I had gone through so much in my life and that was just like the one piece of me that I never felt comfortable expressing. Like I had had this thing happen at this bachelor party about, you know, bachelorette party. Um, when I was living in San Diego, like a year or two prior with this girl that I always used to make out with in college was like, I was always really interested in her and she was basically like trying to hook up with me, but she was really drunk and I'm smart and would never take advantage of someone. So I was like kind of pushing her off, but we were like around a bunch of girls and she was being kind of aggressive. And this girl came up to me and she was like, you two need to separate or you need to leave and pointed at me. And she's like, you're making everyone uncomfortable. And it was like a thing in college that I knew people knew about me, like on some level and like suspected that it was maybe more to me than it was to other girls that I was interested in or whatever. And I left crying my eyes out in such shame because my ex-boyfriend's new girlfriend was like friends with her group, but they didn't have her come out of respect to me because there was a lot of tension there on her side. It was really stupid. Like I could have been around her, but I just knew they were all going to go back to Seattle and like that would get back to her. So it would get back to him and like maybe his parents. And like, it just made me feel really icky. And like, I, I felt such shame around my sexuality in that moment. And I had had other things throughout the years where I'd like be interested in a girl and like, I couldn't talk about it. And it was just this buildup. And then I moved to LA and I like shed this like layer of my last little bit of insecurity. And I had worked really hard in my twenties to get a grip on who I was and like navigate the world without parents and like figure my shit out. And I went through this like really horrific few years where I was just, it was so ugly. Like it, it, I was just an empty shell and like trying to figure myself out. And then like, I really became who I was here. And then the show became an opportunity to me. And I think that that happened because I was my whole self. Yeah. And then it was my first pride here. And I was just like, I mean, there's nothing wrong with it. I'm bisexual. So yeah, this is who I am. It's really not a big deal. It doesn't define me. It's a part of who I am, but I'm not ever going to feel shame one day in my life about who Who I am. Yeah. So I just like felt the need to. And then like this girl in college 
who I'd talk, I hadn't talked to in a long time who I was interested in. And but we were like, had hey, we're good friends at one point, texted me and was like, I'm so proud of you. And like, and I, and I told my sister the week before we were on the phone and I was just like, I'm, I'm by, you know that. Right. And she was like, yeah, I know. And then we moved on conversation. So it wasn't like a, this big, like crazy thing for the yeah. close people to me, but it was just something that I felt I wanted to express outwardly. You're so fucking smart. And it shows more and more on the show that every time you give me an answer, I want to take it into so many different fucking directions. Like (laughs) it's not like pulling teeth with you. And I don't know how to make this concise, but so let me try. Let me give it my best shot. Like this, you know what? I thought this is going to be the easiest fucking interview I've ever done because she's so smart. (laughs) You've made it the hardest fucking interview. So you you just spoke about your mom Mm -hmm. and I know you've been very open about it and you were open about it on your set, your comedy set, because Mm -hmm. um, I came to watch you and I was a fangirl. I I, I loved it. I laughed the whole night. It was just such a, and I I was going through a rough week. So it really just helped me go. I was so, I'm always so honored and thrilled when a friend comes, like takes time out of their week to come to a comedy show to support me. I loved it. Like you should not see it that way like I went and I came out just feeling so happy and like I had had so much fun with no pressure not having to do small talk with anyone like it was just a fun evening like I want to do it every week I love that it was a good night it was such a a good night. night and it's something I feel like you've kind of touched upon on the show, but you know, you, you had opened up to me about your mother and I don't want to, you know, put you on the spot cause it's a very emotional part of your life. But the stuff that you were saying to me about your mom, it showed me a side to you that really just made me connect with you. The thing is, it's, it's a weird that I'm able to talk about it so easily because it is something that is so detrimental to who I am every day. It's ever like every time something exciting or good happens, especially about the show, like my mom always, she was the one who said I was going to be famous. She called that from the day she used to manifest that for me before I knew what manifesting was and to ha- not have her around to see like what's going on. And she would just be losing her mind every week. Like I just, she, I, I was a television reporter for like two months after I graduated college. And that's was my, what I had studied. And like, I ended up leaving that because my mom was so sick and I couldn't do, I had a mental breakdown. And I couldn't do it anymore. Like I was hospitalized. It was, it was such a hard time in my life. But she pressured me to take this job because she wanted to see me live my dreams, but it was hours away from home. And it was this tiny little armpit of Washington little news station. Mm -hmm. And she would just post every single two minute news clip and she would just freak out. And it was like, what was that viewership? It was tiny. So it's It's an achievement for any reporter to have their time on camera is really an achievement. And she saw that and she was proud of you. Right. So for me, I feel like people probably are getting tired hearing me talk about it. But the thing is, I don't give a fuck because that's how I keep her alive for me. Like I'm going to say my mom's name. Like I envision having a comedy Netflix special, like, uh, or, you know, comedy central or HBO or whatever. Yeah. And literally I envision having like the end of that show, like pointing up to a screen and flashing a photo of my mom and just saying like her name, like for Julie, like I'm going to, yeah. I'm getting her name tattooed on my arm next week. And like, I just like my mom, even though I describe it, like there's no way to capture what we were to each other and what she was to me. Like we were born on the same day, which is freaky. That's like what, what kind of mother daughter have that? Like that's so rare. Like it's a it's, tighter bond. It's a tighter. Sure. And I know my due date was supposed to be July 20th and I was perfectly five days late and laid it on her birthday. And I think that her and I were souls that had been together for a really long time. And I think that that was just like meant to happen in that moment. And mm-hmm. She was just my sun and my moon and my stars. And I was incredibly emotionally dependent on her. I didn't know how to self-soothe. I didn't know how to do anything for myself. And she died when I was really young at a really 
really transitional, transformative point in my life when you needed you, need, you need a mother. And um, maybe it would have been different if I had had a strong relationship with my dad or had him in my life at that time. Like my parents were married um, for almost 30 years. And my dad was engaged six months later to a woman I've still never met to this day. And he married her 10 months after my mom had died. So it was just like this huge, horrible thing and really traumatic in and of itself. So yeah, I just didn't have support, but like my mom was such a special woman and I know everyone really loves their mom and probably would say that, but like my mom was truly special. She lit up every room, everyone who knew her loved her. She was so like me times 10, like so sassy and so strong and so smart. And like, she's just in every pore of my body and like every good thing about me is because of her and every achievement I have is because of her and every moment of my life is trying to live up to the woman that she allowed me to be. It's like, almost like you were brought to this world to, you know, to spread all the joy that she was giving you to carry that on. Do you know what I mean? Oh, You're born 100%. on the same day. I don't know if I express it the right way. Sorry, I'm a foreign bitch, but um, <laughs> right. in the well, world. And, and it's like, and I'm so happy. I'm so lucky. Yeah. I'm so lucky to have had that time. Like she, me and my sister, we were just, there was just never a better mom, but like, yeah. and it wasn't always easy. Also, I don't want to paint it to be this like, hallmark thing. My mom was also a really difficult person at times as I'm a really difficult person at times. Cause she was set in her ways, but like it didn't matter because the love was so strong. And like, yeah, for me, it'll, it's never going to be enough. Like my entire, the rest of my life, I will, I will miss my mom until the day I die. When I am confident I'll be with her again. Like it's every big landmark is going to be hard for me because I don't have her. And it, right. it's, it's just never something that goes away. And grief is such a bitch. And like, I didn't handle her death well, but I'm, I've done a lot of work on myself in the last few years to try to just grow from that experience and not dwell on it and be the best version of myself. But like, yeah, not perfect. I still have really bad days. I still have really hard days without her. And like my, yeah. birth, my birthday is always really tough. She died right before Christmas. Christmas is always really tough for me. It's just like a constant thing. But instead of running from my grief, I try to hold hands with it and walk yeah. through life. Yeah. And I've seen you, 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 you even talk about it in your comedy set and you're so open about it. But one thing I will say, because you are so open about it and you have mentioned it, you know, to all the, the fucking haters who are like, you talk about your mom so much, you haven't said it, but if it's okay, I will say it for you. When we met and when you opened up to me about her, you actually looked after your mother until the minute she was gone. But that's something that a lot of kids who lose their parents don't go through. And I think that when people watch you and they see you talking about her, they don't know that. I don't know. To me, it just, it was important to just say. No, it. thank you for bringing that up because it, because you don't necessarily get in the nitty gritty. My mom died of what is called glioblastoma multiform grade four. It's brain cancer. It's debilitating. It's an incredibly ugly disease. And we were very low middle class. We did not have resources. And that's also something I'm passionate about is healthcare in America. And that's for mental health. That's for actual physical health. We were so unsupported because we had no money. We had no resources. My dad, my sister and me became nurses overnight for the last three months of her life. She was incapacitated. And to, yeah. to have to watch this, your hero who is so strong and so like just a Titan, she was a force in my life to become nothing and watch that dwindle. Like the trauma of losing her was honestly not as difficult as the trauma of living those few months. Like my sister and I don't talk about that a lot, but we actually talked about that a few months ago. And like, 
no one will ever understand what her and I went through except for her and I. And like, that's truly, what I wanted never. to, that's why I wanted to bring it up because it's easy to watch a show and be like, all you do is talk about your mom, but people don't know the nitty gritty of it. And I just thought if it's okay for me to no, bring it thank up. thank you. I, again, I'm open. So thank you. Like I, yeah. I don't necessarily want to like, when I'm open about things, I don't want to, because it is uncomfortable for people. I don't necessarily want to like bring them down with like the details of that. But like, yeah, that was a huge important part of what happened to us. Like, yeah, it was just the worst possible year. And it's not just the mourning and the loss. It's no. also like watching someone decline. And that is something that not even old people get to, you know, experience. We didn't have a nurse. We, yeah. We had nothing. And like until someone can say what it feels like to be a 21 year old girl holding your mom while she has a grand mal seizure 10 times a day and doing all of those things like you don't you don't get to have an opinion on my experience exactly which is exactly what I was trying to word but you did it so well for me thank so you. thank you of course. I do kind of feel bad going into the more fluffy stuff no let's fluff it up let's bring it let's uh, people, fluff it up. people are feeling down yeah, right now but let's I, bring them back up. I just thought it was so important and for me I really wanted to bring it up because I genuinely and I never bum people on this show but I genuinely admire you as a person thank you. and I just really wanted this is not a serious podcast but I just needed this to oh know. I always bring an element of serious darkness everywhere I go so dark comedy it's just, it's just the charm your in me. set is like dark comedy the whole the it whole is I know people and it's, it makes people uncomfortable sometimes but again I don't give a fuck that's just how I am that's what that's not me trying to be something on stage that's literally no, who I it's am who you are and I felt so uncomfortable during your your mom joke when you're like yeah she's dead because I was like I don't want to laugh because it's not funny but I was like I want to laugh to support her because no. she tried to land a joke <laughs> no it's like and some, some people do find it funny and some people get really uncomfortable but that's like part of the comedic process and experience and to me that's one of my favorite jokes and by the way my mom would laugh harder at that joke than any of my other right. jokes she would love it Comedy's not meant to be comfortable exactly it's just not it's not something that's like a soothing thing that you go to you go to and you're gonna get everyone's darkest corners it's just how the world works you know and that's why I loved it. Okay, so you said that, you know, you didn't put on this whole thing about being bisexual for camera, um, that it was something that you did on social media, la la la. And you are 100% authentically yourself. So how does it work when you wake up with fucking Max in bed and like a camera crew is there? Like, are you in <laughs> bed and they fucking text you and you're like, I'm in bed, you can come film me now. Like, I just need to know how that works. I mean, that's part of it. They, they literally, uh, uh, that morning in particular, it was since it was Pride, they had all the crews out. They had like multiple with smaller cameras and we were literally in bed, like asleep. And he was like, hey, I'm going to be there in 10 minutes. And I already was late for getting up and like needing to start getting ready. You knew 10 minutes before you knew the day before no he told he told me he's like can I stop by this morning I was like yeah Max is here we're, we need to get ready soon that one was a spur of the moment thing and so like people it is like Jenny and yeah it's uncomfortable and they're like okay we just filmed this scene can we get a shot of you guys getting into bed and it's like yeah that's and also I sleep butt naked all the time I never <laughs> sleep with clothes on so to me that was the fakest of my friends like texting me and they're like you don't sleep with clothes on what the fuck is this and I'm like yeah because I wasn't gonna be totally naked getting yeah. into bed with him and it is cringy for me to watch that back but like they, they want that element of like what it, what your real what life like is like behind the and, scenes. Yeah. And it is. And it's also, even when you're having a conversation with someone that's so intimate and you have two cameras, two producers, a PA and people there, like you at first, that was the hardest part, but it, you do get used to it. Like, right. You forget they're there over time and you're like saying whatever you're thinking. And it's like, then you get to wait six months and see how stupid you sound. You don't sound, you've never fucking sounded stupid. The only thing that I've seen on camera where I did not recognize you is when you had the chat with Max and he was like, I would like to be exclusive, which we'll get into. Mm -hmm. And then your, your face lights up and you're like, yeah, I'd really like that. And in that moment, I was like, 
this is not the this is not the Dana I know. Do you know what's funny? Yeah. I literally sent that to my sister, like said that to her, like texted her that exact thing. I was like, who the fuck is that? Even when, <laughs> even, even to him when I was like, you're a priority. I was like, why did I even say it? It was so weird. But like, I was totally like, I was just enamored by him. And it was, yeah. and I did really like him. And more so, I think in that moment, I was so caught off guard that he wanted to be exclusive because yeah, he was a fuck he boy brought it up and, and he, he brought it up. So I was like, Oh, this is weird. Like I didn't, we were sat down to have a conversation about something else and that just happened. So I was like excited, but yeah. like was, was like, this is so weird. But I know I watched that and I was like, ew, God, how funny no. is it that I picked up on that? Because usually I see you as the girl who'd be like, thank you very much. That's where I wanted to well, get also, at. Also, I think, I think I am really, I'm serious a lot of the times. And I just have, I have like, I have a resting bit chase person, like my, permanent like like physically but then my personality also has You're resting very sweet. has like resting bitch face but like the people who really know me know like this I have a very like big big heart like gooey like for the people that I really love like that's I'll do anything for them and whatever and I don't yeah. and I think that I that's part of me just like keeping walls up from like relationship issues I've had and whatever yeah. so people I think expect me all the time to be like mm, this I'm this serious blah, blah blah but like yeah I liked him and in a moment like you can just see it on my face I was excited You're just excited it was so cute but I just literally was like I've never seen it that way Ew, I, I was so disgusted <laughs> watching that back I'm like Jesus Dana fuck <laughs> you've never fucking looked bad like I don't know what to tell you let's talk about fucking Max for a sec because mm. I'm bothered and I'm, I've never bitched. I've never had the guts to bitch about him on this show, but what the fuck? I don't know why you haven't because you bitch about everyone else. So I like, know. if you have an opinion, have an opinion. I just feel like he knows some of my friends and I just, I don't like to be involved in any, any part of the drama. Do you know what I mean? I like to critique as like an outsider, but because I've met Max and I've come across him and stuff, when you're a bit more insider, I, f I feel weird doing it. I'm going to be honest and vulnerable on this show. Like it makes me feel fucking weird. Yeah. But I, I don't stand for what he did. Like he mentioned, you, you're getting it out of me. Fuck this shit. When you bring up, I want to be exclusive. First of all, the whole exclusive, but that doesn't mean I'm your boyfriend fucking bugs me because if you're exclusive, you are someone's boyfriend. You don't have to be fucking engaged. So I don't get the whole concept. First of all, I know you do, but I do not. Well, uh, so yeah. So they, so by the way, Katie asked me in, you know, in real life was like, so is your boyfriend? And what I responded was, no, we're not hooking up with other people, but we like each other and we're just seeing how it goes. I never thought it was more like I, I watching that back with Matt, like watching Max say like, what does that even mean? Exclusive? Like, why are you saying things you don't know the meaning of then? And then also when he's just like, I think she's taking it more seriously than me. Okay. No, I wasn't. I just thought you were the one who brought it up. Why did you even bring it up in the first place? It's so weird to me. And it's not just that, but what really bugs me about this is that Max has been known to do this with a couple people, not a couple. Like I can, I can literally name like, 10 girls that, that when, when, and when everyone was warning me about him, they, they were, that was part of it. But even people off camera I had heard about, and like, that is his MO. And that's, it's not a good look to try to say whatever you think someone wants to hear to advance relation. And I, at the time I, I did think Max cared about me and I did, I do still I'm think sure that does, we, we yeah. like had a thing and when he did like me, but like, it just, he just cares he, about he, himself. He, he literally can't help himself. He cannot help himself. He can't be bothered to take anyone else's. And it's funny because when I heard him, his side of the story with like some of those girls, he would tell me the same thing. Uh, we never, we, it wasn't that serious. We never hung out outside of blah, blah, blah. This time at night, we never did anything like downplaying it overall. It's the new and generation then, of fuck boys. And then he, when he said those things to me, like down the line and was like downplaying it. I was like, Oh, okay. I literally see who you are now. Like you, yeah. you definitely 
are putting me in that same category now, like one of your poor, unfortunate souls that you've done this exact same thing to. And I'm sure I'm going to get a lot of flack for that. And people are like, you're stupid and whatever. Like people warned you and yeah, people warn you, but that is who I am. Like be open, give someone a chance, but Max is a good liar. And also I think that Max is much more than a fuck boy. People, I love, I think that's getting, you think off he's easy. manipulative. Oh my God. I think, yeah, a hundred percent. I think that's him getting off easy. Just putting him in the category of, Oh, he's a yeah. fuck boy. No, I think he has some serious fucking issues. Well, back in the day, being a fuck boy was being someone's boyfriend and cheating on them. Now a fuck boy is like luring someone in and just not coming through at all. Do you know what I mean? And I think, I think he honestly does it for sport. I think, wow. I think, I think he gets off on, seeing how far he can get and like what he can pull off and multiple juggling multiple girls and like the thrill yeah. of this, of this thing. Like I'm not a psychologist, so I can't, I can't really break Diagnose that down, him, yeah. but that's just, I, but I am pretty perceptive and I am a smart person and I'm really observant and just like what I've seen overall in this collective pattern and then experiencing it myself. Yeah. I think there's some serious fucking issues there. With regards to Sheena, now that you know this about Max and you've clearly made up your mind about him, do you think that she was genuinely trying to warn you? Or do you think that there was still like a part of jealousy that like nope. people are saying? Fuck no, she wasn't warning me. It, like even like when Sheena went to see him at guys night and was like, I don't want her thinking she's your girlfriend. Why the fuck do you care? It's not your business. Like right. she just was so worried about it all the time and she never wanted me to surpass but do you think a that level she was like- with him that she did. Like it just, it was an ego thing. And so no, I don't think she was trying to genuinely, I think that she, she wanted to put that out there so that later she could say, I told you so, like you're an idiot. And I'm sure we're going to see, I haven't seen the episodes yet, but I guarantee you it's going to cut to an interview bite and she's like, Haha, told you so, blah, blah, blah. Does it bug you when people say I told you so? No, it doesn't bug me. I even said to Danica in, yeah. in when we were talking about it, she was like telling me all these things. And I was like, look, you can tell me that I was wrong if it turns out, if it blows up my face. But right now I'm going to, I'm going to keep an open heart and just like see what happens. And you know, you'll have you to give see people the benefit of the doubt. Chance. It's, it's, it's the toughest thing to do for you, but it's also the fairest and a lovely thing to do for people. I don't know, especially for people like Max. I want to talk about some of your hate because you had an anecdote that I really want everyone to know about. And you've been growing so fast, as we said. And you are so fucking strong. Like you're not out there sharing everyone's stories. Like you're not thirsty. It's so obvious that you're not fucking thirsty, but I know that you've read stuff and you've seen stuff. What does that thirsty even mean? That to me, it's so like, I think that that right up there with cancel culture is toxic as fuck. Like I love when anyone calls me thirsty or anyone else joining the show. Sorry, if you had the opportunity, you would do it too. And well, like, I know, I don't think you're thirsty at all. No, but so like, but what does that even mean? You're thirsty. Like who wouldn't, I, I just, I think that that's such a, like becomes such a pop culture moment for I think us. Thirsty, and I think it's fucking ridiculous. Thirsty is to me is when you do something, go out of your way or change yourself because you think that it's going to make people like you. Hmm. That's what I think thirsty is. Or when you go out of your way to do something that isn't you to lure people in. Whereas I feel, I feel like you just showed up and you're like, Hey, that's me. Like you can all hate me on the show and I don't give a fuck. Like this is me. Hmm. Whereas when I see the other girls like sucking up to Sheena and stuff, like I see this as thirsty. And, you know, I okay. love... I can I, get behind that. Yeah. And I I actually really like Danica on the show. I think she's gorgeous and she's cool and she's dassy. But I do think she's like sucking up to Sheena a little bit. I, I saw that later yeah, on. 100%. So I think that's thirsty. Um, so I kind of want to know how you deal with the, the some of the hate that you've been getting and one anecdote, which I really want you to share. What I said on my story. Yeah. 
Because people her. don't see that. Okay, they just so, see you're quite private on your Instagram. So they don't see you don't engage like Jackson retweet everyone and no, fucking tweet I just, everyone. So I, I think that there is strength in silence. And I think that right now with social media, everyone thinks because everyone can have a platform, but like there's things that I'm not gonna breathe life in, life into. And there's people like I, I don't go out of my way to read comments. I actually avoid them. Like I just don't because I think it's not healthy for you and everyone's going to have an opinion. And people, I mean, people say really nasty things about me. People, the things that bother me the most is people commenting on stuff about my mom and saying nasty things about that. And like, to me, that's, you're so like, so low and such a dark, like disgusting person. Yeah. But I just think there's not, there's too much other things happening in the world that are more important to me to spend my time, like engaging with that. And like occasionally I'll snap and like say, say something, but I really try not to engage. But then there was this chick who came into Tom Tom, acted acted like she was just a fan. She's like, I'm a huge fan. Let me, can I get a photo with you? Takes a photo with me, and then she's like, Actually, I'm with this 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 blog, and I want to get a comment on you know some stuff regarding Max. And I was like, um, No, thanks, can't like. And I was and I was working like when I'm at Tom Tom, people think I'm like fake bartending. I'm busting my ass making eight thousand craft cocktails. Like we're working. Like I think I see the nails, the broken nails. Yeah, guys. my hand, my hands are so fucked up right now because I just we work all the time. And so she like left, and I didn't think anything of it. And I had told Mac, and then so then she posts a, this picture where I'm like smiling and lighthearted with a, the a quote saying like won't talk about it, blah, 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 like insinuating that I'm shady in some way. Yeah. So I sh- the photo makes it look like you're super lighthearted because you thought it was a fan photo. Yeah, I thought it was just it, a fan. But it was a blog photo used for, you know, a, a tagline, like a, a clickbait. So I sent it to I sent it to Max. I screenshot it and I sent it to him. And I was like, you know, a couple hours later when we got done with Shift, because he wasn't working that night. And I was like, hey, just FYI, I'm not, I wasn't trying to be shady. This, this chick was you know, bait and switch. She's a total see you next Tuesday. And he's like, oh no, I saw, he's like, I saw that. And I figured he t- texts me an hour later and he's like, you're not going to fucking believe this. And he sends me screenshots. This chick sent him photos in lingerie with her phone number saying, please fuck me. We need to get together. I- I'll do anything. We can text, sext, whatever. I'll do anything for you. Like sends a bunch of photos. She's like, I'm hot. I swear this isn't a good photo. Do you want me to come over? I still think, I think you're a hit. Like do you- let's hook up. And the thing is, at that time, she didn't know mine and his relationship status. She didn't know if we were together or not. And she just went out of her way to do that. And that was the snakiest thing I've ever seen in my life. So to me, when other cast who've been doing this a long time are nervous around new people, I literally get it. In that moment, I was like, holy shit. Like, you never know who's going to come out of the woodwork, trying to get attention, trying to do something. But that was just the most two-faced moment like two hours of my life where she goes from starting as a fan to posting this weird clickbait thing to sliding into max's dms and just being a total she was like sweaty and weird i don't know what she was doing but she was like begging like that to me that is thirsty she was begging to suck that his is fucking begging thirsty. to suck his dick and i was like are you out of your fucking mind like that is fucking that and you know what i have held it against some of the cast members to be more like have a wall up and stuff and not welcoming new people I fucking get I, it. No, like it's fucking I just, gr- I just, no. I, I, get, I it. get it. No, like hearing st- this is the shit that goes on behind the scenes. Like, can you fucking believe it? People need to hear what the shit that happens oh, on yeah. social media behind the scenes because it's way crazier than what you see on Twitter. Like with the DMs and the things oh, that yeah. people don't see. Mm-hmm. That's the scary shit. And I, I, I was so tempted to put to put her on blast and like post all of that and do a whole thing, but I was like, I'm not giving her attention. No, like that's I, I'm not going to say her name or like what the blog was because that person's fucking trash. 
you know, I told you I was like not very nice. And so far I've been nice because I really like you and it's very unusual for me. I, I need to talk about Charlie and the fucking pasta because this is where I'm going to be not nice. Oh, that's so, then you're going to die to hear what she said to me last week. Oh, hmm. what? Hmm. Um, so we were all sitting around at Sir, a couple of us, and this got brought up because she was being, she was having an attitude the whole time we were sitting there. And I have not liked Charlie for a long time. It's a known thing. She doesn't like me. It's a known oh, thing. I like, didn't know. I don't fuck with her. She doesn't fuck with me, which is fine. But like, we're all like sitting around talking and she kept, she kept making these weird comments and being really defensive. So I brought up, I brought it up the pasta, like Danica had actually brought it up initially, but then I said something else about it. She flew off the handle and was saying the craziest shit to me was like, you've had, I'm going to get mad, Dana. You came down here from Portland. By the way, I'm from fucking Seattle. If you're going to insult me, do it right. <laughs> She's like, you've been using both your lips since you got here and you need to close one of them. So blah, blah, blah. And she's also slut shaming me when I like, and also I, it's 2020 women need to do better. I don't slut shame at all. Like if you want to fuck a hundred people, but anyone who knows me knows I don't sleep around. It's just not something, it's just what I choose. But if you do, that's amazing. No, but I'm the same. I didn't sleep around, but I didn't judge people. Get, do get yours girl. Like do whatever the fuck you want. And then she goes, anyone who knows me also knows that Olive Garden is my favorite restaurant. And I eat there like at least once a week. I'm obsessed with it. You told me that. And she goes, why don't you keep eating Olive Garden? We'll see how you look in 10 years. So her whole point about like starting this like conversation and being a bitch was to say that it was taken out of context and she wasn't fat shaming and whatever. And then but she, she is. And then she said that to me. Yeah. What an offensive thing to say. Let's it's, eat more Olive Garden. We'll see how you look. Oh, and she also called me a 30 year old loser for working at the restaurants, which insults most of the cast who were working at the restaurants well into their thirties. It, it was just so fucking ridiculous. She's a bottle service chick. I had an whole career before I did this, a serious in medical career. Sales. I was in medical sales. I was making a fuck ton of money. I decided to take this year to like, see if I want to change my life and see what comes of the show, what opportunities come my way. So it was a ridiculous insult to start with, but also it doesn't even make sense because I had a whole different career. So it's not like I've just been in restaurants and if you have, that's fine, but don't try to shame me when you're a bottle service pitch. So you've done my work for me basically. Cause I was going to go on this whole rant, but thank you for doing the work for me. I will add to this. So I was extremely bothered by this comment because we don't need more girls dying of anorexia. Mm-mm. And you know, it's something that I've seen a lot because I was in dance school and I used to be like a dancer and shamed for my butt and shamed for my for my shape. She's a great ass. That's ridiculous. Thanks. Please. Maybe today, but back in the day I was like ugly, do you know what I mean? No. And yes, I know what you mean. And you. so then, you know, Brett, Brett Ken, which I, I love Brett. I think he's awesome. He recently started his video thing, Pump the Breaks, where he does kind of like a couple karaoke interview. And he interviewed Charlie about about it, right? And I, I love that he did that because I think that what he's doing is great. He's trying to show some behind the scenes, aren't we all? It's great. But she said something. He was like, do you have McDonald's? And she was like, yeah, I do have McDonald's and it's worse than having pasta, but everything in moderation. Well, no bitch. If you've never had pasta, you don't do moderation. You are encouraging well, people like, no. So, and it's it in that moment, I, I was like thinking maybe it was taken out of context and she didn't mean that. And I, and honestly, what I said, like she got so triggered and all I said, she was like attacking us about she, about the whole thing. And I'm like, that would have been a great opportunity for her to go, you know what, Dana, that offended me. I don't agree with you. This is what I meant by that. But instead she said the Olive Garden thing. And I'm like, that is a hundred percent backing the narrative here that you are fat shaming people and saying, saying, don't eat pasta. It makes you gain weight. Like 
sorry, bitch, I love angel hair pasta and I'm going to look really happy in 10 years knowing what that tastes like. But also, Charlie, if you're listening, she probably isn't, but whatever. Um, I'm 100 pounds and I've never had a day in my life where I don't eat pasta. I just want to say it. Thank you. Maybe I have a jiggly butt. Well, I mean, yeah, maybe we're not all trying to be bottle service models. Like, I just, I I just, and she's, and she's like age shaming and calling me 30. I'm 29. I was 28 at the time when we started filming. Like, that's fine. Yeah, I am almost 30. There's no shame in that. Babe, you're 25. You need to grow the fuck up and realize what you're saying and also have a little bit of maturity and not let your emotions get the best of you and say something constructive about it. It was just, it was so ridiculous. And I was like, you're fucking. Oh my God. Dana, thank you so fucking much for coming on the You're show. You're so welcome. Thank you, you for having me. You made my job oh so easy, but also so hard. Let everyone know where they can find you. Plug everything. Uh, my Instagram is Dada Danes. It's D A D A D A Y N S. Um, that's where I, on my stories, is where I put stuff about comedy coming up and whatnot. Need to do a website. My Twitter is Dana, D A Y N A underscore Kathan, K A T H A N or Kathan. And that's all I have right now. No Facebook no LinkedIn so come check me out and go watch her shows it's fucking funny thanks babe thanks love you love you thank you so much for listening to the you can't say it with me podcast just a quick reminder rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts. it is the most helpful thing you can do for this show and of course because I'm such a nice person if you send me a screenshot of your review I'll be sending you some goodies in the mail if you want to engage in the conversation yourself you're also welcome to request to join the secret Facebook group it's called you can't say it with me don't forget to look for it and if you would like to support the show further you can also join my Patreon for some super Super, super exclusive content that you cannot find on the main podcast hope you enjoy this episode